As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Level three. This is Sports Rage. I am Ramsey. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bustle, and everybody else in between. I got to tell you something, man. Um, we've been doing this a long time, obviously, years and years doing the show. You know, going on 21 years here. But I'm just talking about NFL football, handicapping, talking to guests throughout the week and stuff. This is a week that nobody agrees on anything. Like, a lot of times on the show, you'll notice everybody's like, oh, yeah, you got to take that, obviously. That's the play. Like, every game, everything is like an excruciating debate (laughs) with everybody this week, which maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. Maybe people are overthinking things. And, like, a lot of people are scared all the time. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know about this. Um well, like, listen, we're not here to be scared on the air, right? If you want to be scared, like, go talk to your buddies at a sports bar. We're here to give people opinions on games, right? But it doesn't mean you have to bet on every game. But we want to give you opinions, at least on every game, or at least as many of them as we can. The college football card, very interesting uh, this week. That's why I don't care about the college football playoff. I, I'm not looking for more, whatever. It's what, that's what makes college football. See, people are just soft. Well, it needs to be more. It's not fair. You know, what do you mean it's not fair? You ever notice in every rule change in sports that we do now that we say it's not fair? We always make it easier. We never say, you know, it's not fair that in the old days only one team in each division made it in baseball. Why don't we cut teams? <laughs> you ever notice that? It's sort of like governments. They never, like, get rid of laws. They just add more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like sports. Sports, uh, you know, sports are supposed to be like a separation of, like, real life and politics and government and all that crap. Yet it really, it's, it's one and the same. They just add more rules and crap and bureaucracy and red tape. You don't even know what an effing catch is anymore. All right? Um, so college football, so whatever. What, you want more teams? So what? You want James Madison to get murdered by 58? Like, is that it? Like, well, let's, let's put more teams in the playoffs. It'll be fun. So everyone will have a chance. What are you, a communist? Like, it's funny, like, people, like, talk, oh, you hate communism, right? Well, it seems like you like it a lot. You want everything to be fair all the time. You want to equally hand out things. Life's not fair. Some people are rich. Some people are poor. Some people are strong. Some people are weak. Some people get laid. Some people don't. Some people win bets. Some people don't. Some people are good at the stock market. Some people lose, right? You know what I mean? That's the, you know what I mean? 
we're all thrown here and there are injustices in this world. But when it gets to like this sports stuff, I'm sick and tired of it. Like, oh, it's not fair. Let's make the hitter. Let's 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 put the runner on second base. It'll make it easier to score. How about we not do that? How's that sound? How about I hit you in the face with a hundred mile an hour fastball? I'd rather do that. How about instead of intentionally walking and throwing four pitches, we just like walk because why waste the pitchers? Like what a bunch of losers. And all this, we do that now. In my day, I I don't know. Don Drysdale is one of my favorite players of all time. They asked Don Drysdale once, Don, uh, you know, did you uh, did you intentionally have to walk intentionally intentionally walk a lot of people? He goes, not many, but when he goes, when I was asked to, he goes, I didn't intentionally walk them. He goes, why throw four pitches when I could throw one? He goes, I'd hit them. S- simpler, simpler. See, nowadays that'd be like, oh my god. Yeah, why? I'm going to intentionally walk you. I might as well get something out of you and hit you with a baseball. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenzi. And the world is soft. That's a hard foul. Suspend him. The defenseless wide receiver. The defenseless wide receiver one is another one. So what? So do you let the wide receiver supposed to go up, make this spectacular catch in the air, and if he catches it, he gets to spike the ball in your face and get a $25 million a year contract? But if you smoke his ass, it's a penalty? There's a lot of things I would change. A lot of things I would change. To me, too, the ground should be able to cause a fumble. You drop the ball. I don't care if it was, like, whatever. If you fumble, like, you know what I'm saying? If you're, it's like... If you fall and you drop the ball, that's your fault. <laughs> like, oh, the ground can't cause a fumble. In my world, it can. All right. Okay, I can go on. But anyways, we got stuff to get to. Let's do this thing. I am Gabriel Renzi. Sir, since I'm channel 159, the ESPN Radio. Pete Annapolis going to step up and in and join us in a couple of minutes. Let's talk some NBA basketball. Victor Wembenyama took over America last night, dropping 37 points. Never heard of this kid before. Very, very impressive performance. Oh, wait, that's right. As I stated, people that have never heard, like, come on, man. You know, like, like really? Like, does, so it, does something not exist until until you happen to see it, like, in Las Vegas? So this kid's been amazing in France. This kid's been amazing in the Euro Super League. This kid has been, like, I don't know, on global television. But it took, like, being, uh, you know, against a G League team for people to go, wow, this kid's pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Pete Annapolis is pretty good, too. He'll join us. The Indianapolis Colts. No Jonathan Taylor tomorrow. No uh, Shaquille Leonard. Shaq Leonard, former uh, Darius Leonard, changed his name to Shaq. So their best defensive player is out. Their star running back is out. Matt Ryan is as shot as Courtney Love. And they're going into the Mile High City on a short week. And everybody's scared. Don't be scared, homie. Diaz style. Broncos. Country. Whoa. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. Don't be scared, homie. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Anger management class, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bust them, and everybody else in between. We're kicking it. Sirius XM Channel 159, the money or 1090 ESPN Radio. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Countdown to tip off is on. It's time to talk NBA basketball. Let's bring in Pete Yiannopoulos, regular contributor to the Rage, former assistant with the UMass Minutemen, RDS television analyst. Always a pleasure, Pete. Let's dance. Let's do this thing. The season's rapidly approaching. Yeah, great time of the year. The NBA is back, and we're excited. It's wide open. Um, it's going to be one heck of a season. So, um, Pete, people found out um, last night why the San Antonio Spurs traded DeJounte Murray. People found out why last night Danny Ainge and the Utah Jazz are trying to rebuild this roster and trade everybody. I expect the Oklahoma City Thunder to join the Tankathon as well. Now, Pete is a global. I mean, Pete, Pete, Pete's global, all right? Like, uh, he's aware of any player in any country uh, at all times. So you are already all too aware of Victor Wembenyama. And I'm a degenerate gambler. So I'm all too aware of every international basketball league <laughs> as well. So a lot of people sort of heard of him and stuff. So I'm not surprised he did what he did. I've seen him play before. But that was quite the um, quite the um, American national television debut to make a statement to let people know just how good you really are. 37 points, 11 of 20 shooting. Uh, he hit seven of, uh, seven of 11 from three-pointers. Uh, he blocked five shots. The hype is real. So the hype is real, and you just have to ask Chet Holgren, um, you know, Ivy, um, Kenny Lofton Jr. last year at the World Cup at the under-19. USA played France in the final in the gold medal game. It went down to the wire. And they had to fall out Victor with about two minutes left. And USA won by 283-81. I mean, he was just phenomenal in that game with 22 points, eight rebounds, and eight blocks. But when you come here on American soil in Las Vegas, you know, the NBA players are there. Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Everybody wants to see who is this kid, right? Is he for real? But I'll tell you what. Most of the American players don't respect international players. They don't respect European players. Until you get to the NBA, you give them the business. So they didn't really respect Victor Wembayama, but what they saw last night, they saw something they've never seen before. With all due respect, I mean, Ralph Sampson was phenomenal in the 80s. I mean, I wish he didn't get hurt. He would have played longer, but... Yeah, Ralph the, wasn't going 7-11 from three with the quick release. <laughs> no, he was playing four feet from the basket, and it was jump hooks and alley-oop dunks and tippets. Now this kid is bringing up the ball. He's coming off screens. He's curling on the three. There's coming coming off the secondary break, catching and shooting a three, seven, four, 11, 37 points. I mean, the guy just does everything defensively. He had five blocks yesterday, but he altered about 15 shots. And, and again, after that performance, there was pressure. You know that, Gabe. There's pressure. Can you deliver it against professionals with the G League Ignite team, some of the best young players? He did it all. He did it all. He didn't even try. Uh, this kid is going to be phenomenal. It's not a kid that's going to be like, well, it, he needs to gain weight. He needs to get accustomed to the North American game. I mean, he is the real deal. And 
man, the question now is, does he sit out? Does he play much this year? Because, hey, he's going to be the number one pick with a guaranteed contract. But his agent put out a statement, and he just wants to play. He wants to compete. I love the kid's demeanor. I love his body language. And I love everything about his skill set. He's going to be one of the great players to play in the NBA. Albeit, there's a lot of pressure. But, I mean, just the, what he has as a skill set, we've never seen before. As you stated, Pete, there's been a lack of respect for international players in the past. And we've seen in yesteryear, um, you know, the Europeans would come in and be a little shy and try to work themselves, you know, into the NBA. He's not going to be that way. I mean, this kid knows he's the best player in the world uh, right now. And if you look, I think that the the American audience, and it's funny because I sort of, you know, that was my impression last night in which everybody on Twitter and a lot of so-called NBA insiders were like, oh, my God, this kid is unbelievable. And I'm thinking, you know, you could have watched him play in the Euro League. You could have watched him play in the French League, right? I mean, this isn't the first time he's ever played. You know what I mean? Like you said, he played against Chet Holmgren before. He played against uh, Ivy uh, before. Um, so it's not as if, though, this was his first ever game. So I just find it interesting. But as you stated, it was a big showcase game. And people should respect the international, Steve. Uh, if, you, if you look, uh, Pete, the fact of the matter is, I mean, Giannis, Jokic, Luca, I mean, the international players are kind of the best players in the game right now. Well, if you look at probably the top four players in the NBA right now, you mentioned three of them. There's Giannis, there's Luca, there's Jokic. Add Embiid in there from Cameroon. Add Victor there from France. You're probably going to have the five best players. They're international players. And who would ever have thought that's a distinct or tangible possibility, Stephen A. Austin, Stephen A. Smith, and all these guys? <laughs> Come on, man. Where, where, where's LeBron? Where's KD? Where's the American dream? Uh, it's happening in Europe. It's happening all over the country. Um, you know, Ben Matherin is coming strong from, from Montreal and Canada. But again, this is why the NBA, and I have to give credit. The, the, two, the two guys that changed the game were Magic and Bird. They saved the NBA, right, in the early, in the early 1980s. Then Michael Jordan came in and then took it to where it is today. But David Stern knew it. He knew he made the, the Chicago Bulls go to France and play those international games. Why? Because he understood this will be a global game and the best players in the world and the best fans all over the globe are going to watch these players. And that's why Damian Lillard's making $61 million a year this year. And that's why in the next collective, collective bargaining agreement, players are going to be making $100 million a year because of the vision of David Stern. It's continuing with Adam Silver. And the game is global. They let the players be themselves and market themselves on and off the court. I feel bad when you tried to say Stephen A. Smith and you said Stephen F. Austin because <laughs> I brought up Stephen F. Austin to Pete earlier, <laughs> earlier before we came on the air. And we'll get to them, actually. So it was stuck. Yeah, it was the, the Freudian slip uh, there. Well, a little college basketball tease. Uh, we got a college basketball tournament we'll talk about in, in a couple of minutes. So, Pete, before we get out of here, and I want to get some other stuff on the other side, but not to be lost in 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 Wembenyama. And I don't know if this is, you know, it's over the top to say this, but it sort of reminds me of – uh, Hakeem Olajuwon and Jordan, in which you're sort of like, man, you got two mega guys here because as good as Victor was, talk to me about Scoot Henderson and what he brings to the table. And just as far as comparisons are, when you look at when you looked at Wembenyama, people see Giannis and they see KD, a combination of Kevin Durant and Giannis. He's seven three, some say seven four, but he's a, he's a massive kid that can shoot threes, but he's got smooth like you know ball handling ability, just does it all. And Scoot Henderson, a comparison is more of a Kyrie Irving type, take it to the rack, mid-range type of guy. Talk to people about that don't know much about Scoot Henderson. 
No, Scoot's phenomenal, and he really had one heck of a performance as well. I mean, he had 18 points in the first half, and he was taking it to Wembayama. He wasn't afraid to take it, not only to him with a step-back jumper against that long, long wingspan, but he was attacking him at the rim and finishing with his right hand, going left with the floaters, with the emphatic slam dunks. This kid is athletic. He's got a tremendous first step. He's got a powerful body. What I like about him, it's not only take it to the rack or shoot a three. He likes the mid-range games. I like like Kyrie. Um, he's got a little bit of Russell Westbrook and Derrick Rose in him too because of the the strong and powerful body, but under control. And I think there's a little bit too if he wants to. Again, there's so much pressure on these young kids to score the basketball today, and, and we're missing some of those traditional point guards. But if he's patient and he's disciplined and he's confident in his abilities, he's got a little Chris Paul in him too because he could find and distribute and facilitate for guys. Uh, it's funny. One Bayama said, listen, um, if I was never born, you know, Scoot Henderson will be the number one pick in the draft next year. I don't think he was trying to be cocky in saying that. He was basically saying how good Scoot is. So Henderson, again, it's early. Uh, we've never seen, and it's funny, I was talking to, you know, a couple of executives today. We never saw a player like Zion Williamson a couple of years ago, right? But you're looking at 6'7", 285. Now you got another player we've never really seen in terms of Victor because he's 7'5", and he can handle the ball. Now you'll have the question, right? Chet Holmgren went number two overall. Unicorn gets hurt. He's out for the year. Will there be some teams saying, you know what? Do I take that chance? Or do I go with probably a guy that's going to give me 22 to 22 points in his career as an explosive guard where the game is now on the perimeter? But I don't think you could be, you don't want to be the GM that, that passes over a player with that type of talent that could impact not only offensively, defensively, but again, well, he's going to get Scoot Henderson be the next Michael Jordan. We don't know, right? Yeah, we well, don't know. I don't mind getting either one of them. I tell you what, the top two teams, even if you, you know you're not the, 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 the number one pick in the draft, if you're number two, you're still going to get a hell of a player. More repeating apples on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's great to have basketball back. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Ramsey. The principal player for Oscars, the people of us, and everybody else in between. Pete and Annapolis, we're kicking it. Uh, Sirius XM Channel 159, the Money 1090, ESPN Radio. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. There's so much to get to, so let's keep this thing rolling. And Pete, you brought up when Zion came to the league, we said, well, we've never seen anyone like Zion uh, before. And it was easy to forget what Zion brings to the table because he didn't play a basketball game in 518 days. Uh, but we've got an update for people. He's good. Uh, very good. Uh, scored 13 points in 15 minutes, but forget about like the box score, the shape that he was in, the physical conditioning, the hop, the defense, the the passion and joy that he was playing with. And the fact is, we all know 
you know, he wasn't overly joyed when he ended up uh, getting drafted by New Orleans. He goes there. They're terrible. He's always hurt. He gets disinterested, doesn't take rehab as seriously or his conditioning as seriously as he should. And then suddenly the Pelicans get really, really good without him. And it seems to have energized him. He got the extension. I'm excited for this team. I think he's a good kid that wants to be a good teammate. And he's also somebody that seems to, I don't know, I think this guy could score 35 points before he puts his shoes on if he actually, you know, wanted to. He's scary different, isn't it? That explosive hop. You can't stop that. No, you can't. And I like what you said about the passion and joy that Zion has. He's a kid growing up in South Carolina, always loved playing, similar to Kevin Durant. He just wants to be on the court. You know, he was at Duke. He was the best player in the country for the best program in the country. And he could have shut it down, right? Especially when he got hurt with his ankle. No oh, way. Yeah, remember, he, he play. played in a tournament when everyone said, you're crazy to do this. Exactly, because he wants to compete. He wants to play. And it, listen, it's not easy when you play for New Orleans and you're the basketball team because we know it's all about LSU Tiger football and all about New Orleans Saints football of being one and two. And then basketball is third, a distant third. Listen, and right they now they have no choice. Man. They were, but suddenly they're not, right? With McCollum, with JV, with Brandon Ingram. This is a dangerous basketball team. I tell you what, the way the West is shaping up, right? You don't know what, what can happen. You don't have the depth and quality that the East has with nine solid, legitimate playoff teams. In the West, Phoenix are not the same team that they were two years ago. I think being down up 2-0 and losing four straight, and then last year getting knocked out, getting humiliated in Game 7 at home by Dallas, I don't see how they recover the relationship between Monty Williams and DeAndre uh, Ayton. Um, you know, the Warriors, yeah, you know, are they going to be healthy? Can they can they run it again? Don't You know, probably they'll have a good chance, but they're not overwhelming favorites. You look at Dallas, they got worse. They lost Jalen Brunson. They're not a better team than they were last year. You know, the Clippers, yeah, John Wall. When has John Wall played a game, right? He hasn't played a game in a couple of years. Kawhi and Paul George, they're not durable. Uh, so the the Pelicans look like if they could stay healthy, just the, the players that you mentioned, C.J. McCollum was an outstanding acquisition last year. He's one of the best shooters who can play both guard positions. Brandon Ingram is probably the best player you've ever heard about. He's 25, 26 points a game, probably even more. And then you got J.V. Valanciunas that you and I know that was so good with the Raptors over the years. And he's been great wherever he's been. But the guy Zion, Zion can give you 30 and 10 every single game and he's chiseled he's lost weight he's rejuvenated his methodology is about playing hard and i think that zion williams as much as everybody loves john moran and he's outstanding i still would have taken zion williams in number one because his talent the way he can handle the ball attack the rim even shoot some threes and he can dominate the way nobody can and he fills the arena and he feels he's mr box office the pelicans Remind me a lot like the Raptors, a little bit underappreciated, a little bit undervalued, a little bit disrespected. But this is a team I think could win 45 to 46 games and make some serious noise in the Western Conference playoffs. Pete Annapolis uh, kicking it with us. Pete, what do you make of the reports from the Athletic uh, the other day? And I believe, that, you know, the Athletic is as solid as it, as it comes. And it was multiple reporters that all confirmed it as well, that the Lakers and Pacers were in deep conversations as far as trading Russell Westbrook to the Pacers in return for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald and unprotected first-round draft picks in 2027 and 2029. I know your boy is on this team in Ben Matherin right now. Now, the report was that it was seriously discussed, that, but Rob Palinka said that he wanted to hang on to Westbrook and thought that, you know, things could, could be different this year. I personally don't believe that Palinka even wanted Westbrook in the first place. So I don't I don't really believe that he would be the one to block this deal 
when the draft picks are in 2027 and 2029 and Palenka wouldn't even be there then. The whole report is just strange, but everything about the way the Lakers operate nowadays is strange. What were your feelings? What did you hear about this? Well, Buddy Hill started tonight for Indiana in the first preseason game, but I don't think he's going to last in Indiana. Miles Turner won't as well. This trade I will definitely happen. The Lakers will not have Russell Westbrook by the time Christmas roll, rolls around, even though they could say what they want. You know, he's healthier. Davis feels rejuvenated. LeBron feels that he needs to prove something not being in the playoffs. They know that this is not going to work. Uh, Westbrook and LeBron cannot work. They cannot coexist. Westbrook is a ball-dominant point guard that wants the ball in his hand, that needs the ball in his hand to be creative, to distribute, facilitate, and score. Now you're making him into a spot-up shooter in the corner with LeBron James because he's the de facto point guard of that team. He's been the point guard everywhere he's played. So that's not going to change. Even if Darvin Ham is there, you can put Westbrook on the, off the, you know, the second unit of the bench. It doesn't matter. They're going to trade Westbrook. They have to. They're going to have to suck it up and give up those unprotected first-round picks. Jeannie Buss is not here to build a team for the next seven, eight years. She wants, she wants to win now. You know, Rob Belinka wants to win now, too. His job's on the line as well. And LeBron James, they want to keep him happy. So uh, if they can get healed and Turner, will that make the Lakers better? Yes. Hield is one of those underrated shooters that you need in today's NBA. Turner, probably you've had his best basketball um, that's been played, but he's still long and athletic, um, solid defender. I think he'll be an upgrade. And Anthony Davis doesn't want to play center, right? So if you put Turner next to him. Now, is this trade going to happen? Uh, I'm leaning towards yes. I'm leaning more towards Westbrook will not be a Los Angeles Laker this year. And I think that's going to be better for LeBron. And they want to always keep LeBron happy. So Indiana want to uh, unload Hill. They want to unload Turner. They're, you know, want to restructure that team and build with Matherin and Halliburton at the point guard. If they can get young assets and first round picks, that's exactly what they want. But Westbrook and L.A., it's over. It was never meant to be. Uh, and I can't believe they 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 gave up so many assets that sent to Washington. Imagine if they kept all those guys, you know, Kuzball, Caldwell, Pope. If they kept them, Montrez, Harrell, the Lakers would have been in the playoffs and they would have competed. But again, the Lakers, the problem is not really Westbrook. It's Anthony Davis. Can he be durable and play 65, 70 games for a regular season so they can make the playoffs and have a good seating? I think he's the key to the Lakers' uh, foundation for the present and the future. As far as the Los Angeles Clippers are concerned, so Kawhi Leonard, his first game back in 479 days. John Wall is back. I saw a feature on the Clippers earlier in the day on ESPN. Uh, I guess it was more so on Paul George and you know, about where he's at in his career, where he's at in his life. He just recently got married, and he basically said, you know, the one thing left now is that championship. He he He's buying in that John Wall could be a solid contributor to this basketball team. And I thought it was interesting that Tyrone Liu was asked uh, uh, about Kawhi Leonard, and he said, yeah, Kawhi Leonard is, you know, he's a little different now, and he's more engaged, and he basically said now he talks to people <laughs> so like so for people think they're like Kawhi. i remember when danny green was on the raptors somebody asked because Kawhi never talked and somebody asked danny green well, you know what does Kawhi is like about this or that and danny green said i don't know the guy he goes i played with the guy for five years seven years whatever he goes i don't really know the guy and he goes he's actually closer with ibaka than anyone he goes ibaka's the only guy he talks to but he was the same way in l.a but when you're making all that money and you're leader of the team and you seem disengaged, you know, it sort of turned into what it did. So sort of like Zion, I guess they were trying to say that Kawhi is sort of having fun, that they've, they've noticed that he's happier, that he's having fun right now. Yeah, he's having fun. He got his little dream house and all that freaking money. Can he deliver right now for them? 
Well, Kawhi Leonard delivered when he came to Toronto, right? We understood why he was there. And even though we thought there was a great chance that he was going to come back, I still can't believe you leave a team that wins a championship. You sign the money, you go to the Clippers, then you get injured, you tear your ACL. Instead of sitting on the bench with your teammates, you're up there on the booth, <laughs> you know, in, in the Luxury private box. Seat. You know, like, <laughs> what kind of a teammate is he, right? Like, at the end of the day, you know, Kawhi gets a pass. I mean, if any other, you know, superstar did that, in any professional sport, let alone the NBA, they get crucified. But Kawhi gets a pass. He doesn't talk, even though he looks like he's talking a little bit right now. I mean, you know, the owner of the team still Balmer really mortgaged the whole future on one signing Kawhi Leonard and two trading, um, you know, for Paul George. You know, like what kind of a trade is that? You get five first round picks and Shea Gilgis Alexander to to the OKC for Paul <laughs> George. They better be ready to play and win a championship. It's championship or bust right now for the Clippers. And these two guys are the players that make the most money. And if they, you know they can, and they wanted to play, Kawhi reached out to Paul George and said, hey, "Do you want to play together?" And he said, "Yeah." And they orchestrated that trade. So it's time to win. Wow, can Kawhi be healthy? You know, hopefully, because when Kawhi's healthy, it's better for the league. There's, you know, there's other than Giannis, I'm not quite sure there's a better two-way player in the NBA than Kawhi Leonard. Um, I hope, I hope he's healthy. I hope the Clippers. You know, when they're good, it's better against the rivalry with the Lakers, but it's good at the Western Conference, and we need some better teams in the Western Conference. Not quite sure what John Wall could still bring. His outside shooting remains questionable. The league has changed. The game has changed. There was nobody faster coming out of the University of Kentucky than John Wall with the basketball. He was unbelievable, uh, but I'd like to see him play, and, and, and they can have some success. Covington, Norman Powell are there as well. You know, Ty Lue's got some experience, but at the end of the day, can Kawhi Leonard deliver uh, right now? He better because that's why they got him there. And you know what? Who's had more success since that since Kawhi left? The Raptors or the Clippers? I'd say it's the Raptors. Probably the Raptors have a better team even now right now. But, hey, um, let's see if Kawhi and Paul George can bring a couple of playoff series wins for the Clippers and Steve Ballmer. Pete Yiannopoulos, it's always a pleasure, my man. Pete Yiannopoulos, RDS at television. And just for the record, we said earlier about Stephen F. Austin. We'll get to this next time Pete joins us. But uh, it's the uh, Northern Classic College Basketball Tournament. Friday, November the 25th, it starts in Montreal. And it's UC Greensboro, Hofstra, Stephen F. Austin, Quinnipiac, Middle Tennessee uh, State, uh, Montana State. And, um, and yeah, this, this is going to be a lot of fun uh, here. Uh, Middle Tennessee State uh, Blue Raiders and the Montana, Montana State Bobcats. Pete, it's always a pleasure, man. I look forward. We'll talk about this tournament uh, next time we catch up with each other. It's always a pleasure, my man. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The late night anger management class continues. This is Sportridge. I am Gabriel Moretzi, Sirius XM Channel 159. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. The Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, the 50,000 watt juggernaut. We're less than 48 hours away from the start of the Major League Baseball playoffs wild card round. Let's do this thing. Let's bring in Matt Snyder right now from CBSSports.com to break it all down. Matt, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Hey, my pleasure. Looking forward to the playoffs. It's going to be exciting. 
Oh, this is this is super cool. So this is the first time we've ever had a, a best of two or three wild card with all the games in one venue. Should be an interesting dynamic to see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, you know, it's this is the biggest playoff field we've ever had, other than 2020, which you know it's. It, it definitely counts, but the season we all know it, that was just way different. So this is going to be uh, full stands, home ballparks going crazy, uh, four games, hopefully three different days, but at least four games each on Friday and Saturday, and again, hopefully Sunday if all if all four of those series go to three games. That's going to be really cool to see a, see a short series like that uh, with the, the home ballparks. Like I said, hopefully rocking. So the Cleveland Guardians, they, you know, they have to be considered the biggest surprise playoff team when you consider their win total was 76 and a half coming yeah. into the year. They got it done with pitching. They're minus 120 series favorites over the Tampa Bay Rays. They played each other six times this year, Matt, and uh, Cleveland did beat them four of the six times. What are the keys to the series? Who do you like to win the series? Uh, well, it's going to be timely hitting because neither of the offenses – are like consistently good or even great. Uh, you know, you're not going to see, for example, the Guardians. They don't hit a ton of home runs, but they've had some big timely hits, timely home runs through the season. So uh, maybe that'll be something that turns the tide, especially when you expect the games to be low scoring, the pitching to be good, and neither offense is very reliable. Like I said, on a consistent basis, it's just going to be who pops one. Maybe a three-run home run that swings things, something like that. Maybe an X factor there is. Are we going to see playoff Randy Arozarena again? Because that guy just morphs into like superhuman in the playoffs. It would be something if he if he really became that again, because that could totally be a game changer for the Rays. Otherwise, the best two position players in the series are Jimenez and Jose Ramirez on, on the Guardians. So you're expecting a lot of low scoring games uh, this weekend yeah. in Seatown. Town. Yes. Runs out of premium. Yeah, and, and really, another X factor there, the, the Guardians do run a lot. So, again, if it's low scoring, the pitching, if they get on and they steal some bases, maybe that'll be the key there. I'm going to I'm gonna say Cleveland. Normally, normally, I would take Tampa just because they are who they are and they just find ways to win. But I don't think this Tampa team is quite as good as past Tampa teams. And no, I think Cleveland not. can find a way to win two or three at home. It makes sense. I don't have a strong argument there at all. Uh, either one of these teams, I'm not. I feel like if the matchups were different, uh, I, I might have picked, you know, like Seattle and Toronto because I felt like I feel like those yeah, are yeah. The better teams right now. Uh, and the Guardians maybe lucked out a little bit to get so hot for one, but also to, to end up with the Rays instead of the other two teams. Now, as far as the St. Louis Cardinals are concerned, this is one team that I don't think people talk about enough as a legitimate dangerous threat. Um, listen, I don't know why Albert Pujols is retiring. The guy's on freaking fire uh, right now, but they have arguably the MVP of the National League. Um, they've got Arenado. They don't have superstar pitchers, but they have pitchers that have won big games before and they can give you five solid innings. They just, you know, you're a baseball guy. You know them, man. The Cardinals just have that pedigree, don't they, Matt? This is a team they, that I, yeah. I wouldn't want to play in a postseason. I, I just don't. And what's your take on the Phillies and the Cardinals matchup? They, the Cardinals have such a good infrastructure and in run prevention, and that is, that's obviously pitching. So you say starting pitching and also the bullpen, but it's also in defense. They're so good defensively. They keep runs off the board, even if it doesn't seem like their pitchers are that good you'll look up and you'll see there's only two runs on the board in the eighth inning and be like, man, how's the other team not scoring more? They, they find ways to keep the opposition down. Uh, the Phillies have some left-handed big boppers and Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper at the top of the list. 
the Cardinals have Jordan Montgomery and Jose Quintana as starting left-handed starting pitchers who they picked up at the trade deadline. Kind of falls into the lap a little bit on that. I don't know if that's what they were looking ahead to when they acquired him at the deadline, but it really works well, and they they match up really well with the Phillies here. And, yeah, like you said, with Arenado and Goldschmidt leading the offense on down to, to a rookie of the year candidate, although he'll probably finish third, Brendan Donovan, they have an assortment of guys who have varying skills on the position player side as well. It's a really well, well-rounded team. I mean, they can beat you with power. They can beat you with defense. They can beat you with base running. They're good pretty much everywhere. So uh, for a stretch, they had the best record in the second half. They didn't finish hot, but they didn't have to. And that doesn't always correlate into the postseason anyway. So what's your prediction? Who advances in this series? I'm going to take the Cardinals, but full disclosure, I, I didn't think I didn't think the Phillies were going to make the playoffs. I thought the Brewers would overtake them, but they just they didn't want it, Matt. So it is what it is. But hard to bet against St. Louis this weekend, isn't it? I'm taking the Cardinals. I, I will say one thing about the Phillies is just about nothing would surprise me if they got everybody firing at all cylinders. Whether it's the offense with so many power hitters in it, whether it's the rotation with Wheeler and Nola and Suarez in there, uh, if they got everybody going at the right time, they could well be a surprise World Series winner. I, I wouldn't bet on it though because they could also get swept in two games here. And I do think the Cardinals win this series. I just I think the Phillies are probably the team with the most variation out of anybody in the playoffs. Like they they could have lost it feels like 10 in a row at some point but also ripped off 15 in a row they're just you never know what you're going to get with these guys no you're exactly right matt snyder uh kicking it uh with us from cbssports.com i am gabriel moranzi this is sports rage so as you mentioned it's a shame it really does feel like a shame doesn't it that the blue jays and mariners are playing each other because they're both just such fun teams it's an yeah. interesting dynamic with the pacific northwest uh, and and you know going to toronto and there's a lot of, um, you know, there's just there's a lot of similarities between the teams, actually, and similar fan bases, uh, actually. A lot of people in Vancouver, Canada, are Mariner fans and Blue yeah. Jay fans. You see when the Blue Jays go to go to Seattle, it's all, always, like, sold out and a great atmosphere. And even people in Seattle are saying, damn, man, we didn't want to play the Jays. We wanted to play you guys later on. So here they are right now. Seattle, Seattle had beaten them five or the seven times, Matt. But if you recall... It was like there was a four-game set in Seattle. It was right before they made the managerial change. They sort of that was like the Blue Jays' low point of the season, I would say, um, that road trip. So I sort of throw that out the window. I think the Jays are one of these teams that are kind of peaking at the right time now, Matt. And they're a lot healthier than the Seattle Mariners are. It's too bad they're that dangerous. Seattle. Yeah, like I, I like the Jays here, and they are dangerous, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, I, I I wish I would say one thing. I wish it was actually in Seattle because that would have been great to see the two. Like you said, a lot of Vancouver fans would have made the trip though because it would have been so fun to see the clashing of the the Blue Jays cheers and the Mariners cheers in, in Seattle. But yeah, the, the Blue Jays are just so dangerous. They didn't start well. They they weren't playing very good baseball into July, and that's why there was the managerial change. But if you look at that offense. When they're going, man, they're as good as anybody. They're second in the American League in run score. They're first in average, first in on base percentage, first in slugging percentage. At the rotation, they can go with Gossman and Manoa there at the top. Uh, they could they could make a deep, deep run here, uh, maybe all the way to the World Series. I, I've got the Blue Jays here. Hopefully it at least goes three. You'd hate to see the Mariners break a drought and then get bounced in two games, but at least it's not the old format with one wild card game. Uh, the Blue Jays are or the, the Mariners are fun. Uh, they do have Robbie Ray and Luis Castillo at the top of the rotation. They've got some youngsters 
in, in there. And maybe it's Gilbert who takes the ball in game three if there is one. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is back from his injury. He's so exciting, going to be one of the most exciting players in baseball for the next decade plus. But I don't think they're there quite yet to be able to deal with a team as dangerous as the Blue Jays. That's why I said it was kind of a shame how it went down because I would pick the Mariners over either the Rays or definitely over the Rays, maybe over the Guardians. I haven't thought a ton about it since they're not matching up. But, uh, yeah, not against the Blue Jays. They're just not ready for this. Matt, what are your thoughts on San Diego and the New York Mets? It's kind of strange. The Mets had a great year, but they sort of feel, it feels like they sort of collapsed uh, right I wonder, now. Com- yeah. Yeah. Coming into the playoffs. I, I, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? I, I was going to say, I, I, they didn't even really collapse. If you go back, it, it's going to go down as one of the biggest divisional collapses in history, being 10 and a half games. But if you look at how the Mets played after that point, they played like a 95-96 win team. They just got overtaken because the Braves played like a 110 win team. <laughs> and they actually were very good against the Braves head-to-head until this past weekend. And then they lost those three, and that was it. I wonder if the wind is so taken out of their sails is that there's so much of a letdown that they don't play well, at least in game one. And then it's only a three-game series. They're definitely the better team. They've got the pitching advantages there with Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer and then Chris Bassett, I assume, is game three. But it's not that big of an advantage because Musgrove and Darvis and Snell are not pushovers. And the Padres are hungry and they feel like they've got nothing to lose here, especially once Tatis got suspended and wasn't coming back. They're going to play the whole nobody believes in his card. Uh, You've got Juan Soto and Manny Machado in that lineup. They can be dangerous at times. I don't know. I, I, I feel like the Mets are the smart and safe pick, but I would not be surprised by the Padres at all, and I, I wouldn't mind if you're in a gambling mood to roll the dice on the Padres. I think we have to with the Mets being as favorite as they are. They're nearly 2-1 to one favorites to win the series, Matt, and as you stated, just that sort of peaking at the right time, and they didn't really collapse, but there is still sort of a black cloud over the stadium yeah. uh, right now, or of negativity, and imagine they lose on Friday. And it's like, oh, boy. Here, yeah. if, you, if you totally collapse and you totally choke, you could say, it's our fault. We're accountable for it. Now it's time to turn things around. It's quite another when you're like, dude, we won 100 games. What more can we do? Why are we in this series? I just wonder if there will be a little bit of a letdown there. So before we get you out of here, you know, you brought up the Braves. And, man, they're a dangerous team. People seem to forget they were up three games to one of them on the Dodgers two years ago. And, of course, they beat the Dodgers uh, last year. You've got the Dodgers that had the awesome uh, regular season. Dave Roberts said World Series are bust before the season started. Yeah. And you've got the Aaron Judge show and, 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 and the Astros uh, lurking. What's your World Series prediction uh, right now of teams that will be playing and facing each other, Matt? We ended up submitting them earlier today. I I went Blue Jays in the AL just because there seems to always be some kind of funkiness where you can't pick both favorites in there. And the Braves were one of the, were were that team last year. Uh, So I went with the Blue Jays to be the team to make a run this year. And I already talked about how they're so dangerous. And on the other side, it might be chalk. It might be weak, but this is the first time I've ever picked them. They just have seemed so boring to pick the best team. And they've been the best team so many times. I feel like it's time in a full season that the Dodgers do finally have a really, really dominant postseason where they look head and shoulders above everybody else. I think they're going to go out and take care of business pretty easily in the LDS round. I think it's probably going to be the Braves in the LCS, and they'll, maybe they'll take care of them in five or six, and then they're going to win the World Series championship, and it'll be their first one in front of a large crowd. Uh, maybe they're home fans. Maybe they get it done too early for that. But I, I, I'm finally going with the Dodgers for this, this to be the year for them. 
Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, and it really does have the feel. I've used the comparison of Bill Self in Kansas, in which he already had a championship, but he almost needed to win another one just to really validate it. And I almost feel that way with the Dodgers. And I I don't think they put the asterisk next to it, like, you know, Verdugo was talking the other day. I don't think they have an asterisk next to it. No, it counts. It wasn't the same. Yeah, and I think they think they need more than one, that it wasn't enough, right? They get Let's get another banner up there, right? I agree, and I and I'll tell you, for them to be at 110 wins right now, it, you, most of the time you would think, oh, everything went their way. Man, a lot of stuff did not go their way this year, a lot. Whether it was injuries in the pitching staff, you look at Walker Bueller, a lot of other ticky-tack injuries, people like Max Muncy and, and Cody Bellinger not hitting nearly as well as they thought they would. They have not had it easy at all, and they've still won this many games. I feel like they're going to have one of those like 2018 Red Sox postseason where they were barely even challenged. I think we might see something like that from the Dodgers. Matt, it's always a pleasure, my man. We'll catch up with you down the road as the playoffs uh, advance. Enjoy the games. All right, have a good one. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Level three. This is Sports Rage. Thanks to Matt Snyder for kicking it with us. Always uh, great talking baseball with Matt. Great stuff that the baseball playoffs are here. Uh, Jason B. Takafin should join us uh, tomorrow night for a final series preview. We're going to have a ton of baseball picks uh, for you tomorrow night on the program. We're really going to get in to the diamond. All right. Uh, so as far as uh, Thursday night football is concerned, it's been a lot of debate, a lot of talk on our shows all week about this football game. I'm putting my foot down like Homer Simpson. Marge, I'm putting my foot down. The foot's coming down. The foot is down. The foot is down. And there's just too much empirical uh, uh, data for me to get in front of the Denver Broncos in this football game. We talked about it earlier. Um, Only the Green Bay Packers. So teams that are traveling through two time zones on a Thursday night out west are uh, 2-12 and straight up. And uh, the Packers are the only team ever to do it in NFL history, actually. And I don't think the Indianapolis Colts, without Jonathan Taylor and uh, Darius Shaq Leonard, Shaquille Leonard, um, are going to go into the Mile High City on a short week. You throw in the fact of the altitude. Oh, yeah, Russell Wilson's 9-2 on Thursday night uh, football. We would like it a lot more if Javante Williams uh, wasn't hurt. But if Javante Williams wasn't hurt, the point spread would probably be about a half a point higher. Melvin Gordon could be effective. You know, listen, as long as he doesn't turn a football over, he's got a fumbling problem. This is his chance right now, though, with Williams out to show uh, that he can still be an effective running back in the National Football League. I expect Russell Wilson to lead the Denver Broncos to victory. Will it be pretty? No. Are there going to be some times that we're going to be nervous? Yes. But later points with the Denver Broncos. Other than that, you're on your own. Later.